Hello, I'm Raymond Benson, and I'd like to welcome you to Bond Music 101. Class is now in session. $267,000. I'll shuttle for one dance with Domino. Can you play any other tune? Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. May I cut in? Again, Sam. It's a charming tune. Welcome to the eighth episode of Raymond Benson's Bond Music 101. I am one of your hosts, Jared Albert, the yard sale artist, and we are here today to have multi-bond novel author Raymond Benson enlighten us on the history of the scores and soundtracks of the 007 universe. But before we get to Professor Benson himself, let me introduce my co-host of this episode and possibly my best friend ever, Alan J. Porter. What's today's featured soundtrack, Alan? Thank you, Jared. Uh, check will be in the mail. Um, <laughs> today we will be uh, two-wheeling down the Las Vegas Strip, stealing the odd moon buggy or two as we listen to the Diamonds Are Forever soundtrack. Jared, any Diamonds Are Forever stories? Or for you once, I don't. I, I don't have a story. You don't have a story. I don't. This, we, I think this cancels the show <laughs> if you don't have a story. My, my only thought about it is this is the one I may have seen one of the most amount of times because uh, we had that. You remember that thing that was like a video disc before laser discs were a thing, but it was like it came in a square, big square cartridge. It's called Video Disc by RCA, and they didn't make a lot of movies on it, but we had this one, and I watched it a lot because we had like three movies on video disc. <laughs> <laughs> So this one got watched a lot, but that's really it for Diamonds, just watching it on that weird video disc a lot. It, we'll pretend the professor can hear us from the hallway. What about you, professor? Do you have a Diamonds Are Forever? Oh, oh can, I, can I come in? Has class already started? Oh, yeah, you can uh, come in. All right. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Raymond Benson here. I saw Diamonds Are Forever on the big screen when I was a junior in high school. I took my girlfriend at the time to see it, and she had never seen a Bond film before. And she really enjoyed it. She thought it was a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it was two years after Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And, you know, having Sean Connery back was just cool. It was just great. I mean, I liked Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I liked George Lacenby. But having Connery back was great. Mm -hmm. At the the time, I just went, wow, this is really great. And, yes, it was funnier. You know, well, it had moments of humor more than any other Bond film up to that point. But, you know, at the time, in, in December of 1971, I didn't care. I was just having a good time at the theater. I was totally entertained at the time. Connery was back. It was had action and had Las Vegas. You know, and back then, Las Vegas was still, you know, the Rat Pack time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't the family-friendly yeah. place that it is now. It was still kind of, you know, it was kind of a sleazy place. <laughs> <laughs> And interestingly, two years later, well, a year and a half later, in the summer of 73, the summer that Live and Let Die came out, my parents and I and my sister and her husband went to Las Vegas. And it was my first trip to Las Vegas. It was I had already graduated high school, but I hadn't gone away to college yet. 
And we took a trip and we went to Las Vegas. And I made it a point to visit all the Diamonds Are Forever locations. And in fact, I went to Circus Circus and I saw the gorilla, the, the woman changing into the gorilla act. Oh, nice. I saw it. And it was really cool. It was really fun. It was really corny. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the fact that I had just seen the movie, you know, a year and a half earlier was, it was special. It was, that was, that was a lot of fun. So there. That's my Diamonds for Forever story. Well, my wife yeah. and I went to Vegas just a couple of years ago, and I did the same thing. But it's almost like it's two Vegases now. Like, Diamonds Are Forever is an old Vegas. And then mm-hmm. yeah. the new Vegas with all the big stuff now. It's it's weird. But it was yeah, still well, fun to go to those places. Old Vegas is like downtown. Right? Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. Golden Nugget and yeah. that yes. area. Yeah. Yeah, I actually stayed at the Golden Nugget a couple of years ago for a for a work related conference, and uh, I think you could say that area is still slightly sleazy. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. not that uh, just a little sketchier. <laughs> yeah, it's a little sketchier than the uh, the well, Bellagio. Do they still have the, the gorilla act at uh, Circus Circus. I actually did go to Circus Circus. I did the which is looking really well worn. Um, the the water <laughs> the water balloon thing is still there, but I did not see the gorilla girl acts now. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't think they. Yeah, they, I think they got rid of that. Yeah, did you tell some yeah. kid to blow up his pants <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well you have to don't you i mean come on it's the, it's the law <laughs> it's the law yeah uh, okay so now the student desks are filled by jared and myself and the professor is we let the professor in the room uh, i guess we'll hand it over to mr raymond benson to guide us through the music of diamonds are forever okay as usual our textbook is the music of james bond by john burlingame who uh, i tip my head off for uh, doing all this research for me okay so you know at first Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman, they were going to recast Bond after Lazenby. You know, they didn't, they knew they weren't going to use him again. But definitely they wanted John Barry back for sure to deliver musical continuity. A lot of the serious Bond fans out there in podcast land know that John Gavin was signed to be Bond. He was actually going to be Bond. And uh, at the last minute, United Artists, David Picker at United Artists was able to convince Sean Connery to come back. It was David Picker that did it. It wasn't Broccoli and Saltzman. Uh, so when Connery agreed to this uh, humongous salary that he that was going to donate to a Scottish charity, Connery came back. And so they, they had to f- tell John Gavin the bad news, and but they paid him off. They actually, he got a kill fee. So Gavin made that okay. Hmm. Now, since Honor, Majesty, Secret Service, John Barry had done quite a few other scores. Some of my favorites uh, include Walkabout. And Mary Queen of Scots, the one with Vanessa Redgrave, uh, and others. And so, you know, he was just on a roll. Barry did go to Las Vegas during the shoot in 1971. And, you know, like I said, Vegas was still really just an adult playground then. This gave him an opportunity to produce a lot of, I don't know what to call it, Vegas music, you know, <laughs> casino music, hotel music, source music. You would hear sort of as background music when we see scenes in casinos or in the hotels and things like that. And this was all very different kind of music for John Barry. Uh, a lot of jazz stuff. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's different for John Barry, but different for a Bond film, I would say. A lot of jazz and Dixieland kind of stuff. And a lot of this does appear on the remastered CD that came out in 2003. None of it was on the original LP. Uh, well, a couple. Yeah, one track was. Uh, and th- this remastered CD, which we're pulling all our tracks from tonight, really has a lot of great stuff on it. I think it's a terrific soundtrack. You know, all those remastered ones that came out, you know, where they put down a load of bonus tracks, those are all really excellent. There was 67 minutes of music that he wrote and recorded. 
only actually only two of these actually incorporate the title theme. You know, there's a lot of airport music and stuff like that, but it's all, you know, it's all John Barry. It's all very listenable. Uh, the title song was good in instrumental settings for romantic scenes. And I think people will notice that in this score, there is no synthesizer whatsoever. You know, you use the synthesizer a lot in Honor Majesty Secret Service, but this one, they wanted to just sort of get back down to earth and do a Bond score like people, you know, remembered mm-hmm. the earlier Bond films to have. It's no coincidence that Guy Hamilton was back as director. They wanted to do another Goldfinger. They really did. And so, you know, the fact that there was no synthesizer, you know, we're back to the amplified electric guitar for the Bond theme. And we're going to hear that right off the bat with uh, the gun barrel and music that's played during the pre-credit sequence. And this is all very sort of traditional Bond stuff. Uh, Let's hear Gun Barrel and Manhunt, which was a bonus track on the remastered CD.
Yeah, that sounds like a Bond film. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you could have been straight out of any of the first four or five, easy. It, yeah, well, you can really kind of hear, you know, there's a little Yolu Live Twice in there. There's a little Thunderball in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like anybody hearing that would go, oh, yeah, I'm watching a Bond film, even no matter what was on the, on the screen. All right, so for a title song. This title song has this eight-note motif that's played on an electric organ that represents, actually, (laughs) we don't know that, but I was told that, this eight-note motif represents the eight sides of a diamond. And Don Black is back. He wrote the lyrics for Thunderball. He's back to write the lyrics. And apparently, uh, this song caused some controversy with the producers, or at least one of the producers, when they demoed, the composer and the lyricist demoed the song for the producers. The line... Hold one up and then caress it, touch it, stroke it, and undress it was uh, a little, you know, it, it, it was uh, a little concerning for Harry Saltzman. Uh, apparently, Barry uh, was quoted in some interviews some years later that this imagery was indeed supposed to be what you think it is. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm shocked. And I'm shocked. Saltzman hated it. He just called it dirty. He just said, this is dirty. I don't like it. Uh, and Don Black tried to say, no, no, Harry, it's it's provocative. You know, it's like pussy galore. You know, it's it's not dirty. And then John Barry was supposedly said to Saltzman, well, what the hell would you know about it? And Saltzman <laughs> stormed out of the room. And then while he was gone, Cubby Broccoli approved the song. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so there was always sort of a content, you know, contentious thing ever since between uh, John Barry and Harry Saltzman. That seemed to always happen with Saltzman, from what I understand. Anyway, for a performer, they got Shirley Bassey back. Now, this was six years after her lawsuit against them uh, over Kiss Kiss Bang, Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Listeners who heard our Thunderball broadcast will know that. Shirley Bassey had been hired to sing Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was originally going to be the main title song of Thunderball. And then when it wasn't used, she sued the producers. Uh, I think it was settled out of court. And, you know, they probably said, oh, we're never going to work with her again. But here we are six years later and all is forgiven. And she's back, I guess, I bet, because they thought, hey, she sang Goldfinger. So we better bring her back because we want to do another Goldfinger, you know. Well, anyway. This was recorded in July of 1971, as well as a lot of the a good portion of the early part of the score was recorded around this time because Barry had some conflicts apparently in the late summer. And so he wanted to get as much done as possible in the early to mid part of the summer. So I think like the first third of the movie or first half or something like that, he recorded as he was seeing some of the edited material. And then he went off and did some other stuff. And then he came back in October you know, two months before the release of the film to record the rest of the the score. The song Diamonds Are Forever was very long originally. They ended up having to cut a complete verse. And that's too bad we don't have a recording of that uh, full recording. But anyway, Diamonds Are Forever, Shirley Bassey. Let's listen to it. Diamonds are forever They are all I need to please me They can stimulate to tease me They won't leave in the night I've no 
Yeah, wow. that's nice. Yeah, yeah. The eight facets of the diamond thing, I think, is the the most obvious. Uh, we talked about it before about the way that Barry Barry can bring a sound to something that doesn't have a sound, and uh, I think the the eight facets of the diamond thing is probably the most obvious way of doing it, but it works really well. Again, yeah. you know, it one, makes you two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven, eight. It just makes you think of diamonds. It just sounds like diamonds. It's, mm-hmm. it's really very very clever. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, besides that main title theme, Barry wrote a theme for Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. And we hear this little theme. It's kind of a memorable uh, flute and saxophone, little tiny motif. And he uses it several times in the movie. So what we're going to hear next is this little theme. It's called uh, Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. It's edited together with another cue on the remastered CD called Bond to Holland. So it's the sequence where Bond is taking the hovercraft, you know, over to Holland. Now the Winton kid little theme gets played several times in the movie. You know, first we hear it there in the desert in Africa. Almost every time we see them, you know, we, we get this theme again. So let's uh let's hear Mr. Winton, Mr. Kid and Bond to Holland.
go. Nice stuff. That actually brings back quite a few memories because uh, my uncle was a captain on that hovercraft, cross-channel hovercraft service. Really? Yeah, and he always, he always said that the footage they used there when it was leaving the dock was when he, he was on the bridge. Of course, we had no way of ever proving that way, one way or the other. So we always believed him, but I'm not quite so sure. But it brings back nice memories of him anyway, just hearing that little uh, music cue. That's cool. Yeah, I like the way uh, Barry sort of builds the Bond theme there. Yeah, you very know? slowly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it starts off where he's see he sees Miss Moneypenny at the little ticket thing or whatever, the little drive through whatever that is. <laughs> and and then, you know, it just starts building and suddenly, you know, as soon as you see the hovercraft, it just goes, wow, wow, you know, it does all the horns and just, oh, it's just, you know, I remember just, you know, getting chills. Yeah. So, all right. So when Bond meets Tiffany, there's a couple of themes uh, that played, you know, over Bond and Tiffany's themes. And a lot of, a couple of times it was the Diamonds Are Forever title song played instrumentally as lounge music you know with a piano and nice sort of restaurant music (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but there's one theme that he did and it's actually called tiffany case and i think it's only played really once uh and and we only hear part of it it is a scene where he's uh he's trying to make time with, with tiffany so let's hear this this is uh it's a really romantic piece it has a really nice melody tiffany case Thank you. 
I've decided on the Clams Casino, and if I get a dessert, will you guys split it with me? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think that's a nice little piece. Uh, Very pretty. All right, so when Bond gets to America, that's when things get jazzy. (laughs) And there's a lot of scenes, a lot of what we call source music. Just about everywhere he goes, we're going to hear, you know, music that Barry composed and recorded. And this next piece is going to be some examples of that. This is a bonus track from the CD called Airport Source slash On the Road. So this is the music that we hear hear when he first lands and sees, you know, Felix Leiter. And then when they're on the road, I guess probably on the way with the with the gangsters on t- uh, to uh, Slumber Incorporated for the first time. So let's hear Airport Source on the road. I got a brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know, Bondian. 
That sounds Bondian. All right, Slumber Inc. This was very interesting stuff. It's, you know, very chapel-like. <laughs> uh, and we hear it, you know, first time when Frank's body is cremated. And then we hear it again when Bond is in the hot seat, uh, hot coffin. <laughs> uh, and it gets more sinister and more dramatic and uh, scary, even. And it almost sounds like a horror film. Slumber Inc. This is cool stuff. Let's listen to this. It's very scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's all scary inside that coffin with all the flames and smoke and everything. Doesn't that dude gives like that great little spiel that I've never quite memorized about. Them damn diamonds are phony. <laughs> 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 you double crossing, no good, something, something. I can't remember. It goes, cracks me every yeah. time. <laughs> shady tree. Shady tree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next up is uh, a bonus track called Plenty, Then Tiffany, one right after the other. Hey, hey. It's, again, romantic music, and it's, I think, one of the better instrumental versions of the main theme. You know, actually, there were some scenes of uh, Lana Wood of Plenty that were cut. I think some of those deleted scenes are on the Blu-ray. But after he meets her at the casino, you know, when he's playing craps, named after your father, no doubt, (laughs) they actually have a scene with them having dinner together where he gets to know her a little better. And then they go up to his room. (laughs) And then there's also another scene uh, which explains why she was found in the pool, dead, 
later on. Yeah. You know, and we don't really understand, you know, well, what was she doing there? You know, there is a scene cut where when Bond is with Tiffany that same night after he throw, you know, she gets thrown, thrown out of the window. Well, Bond and Tiffany are then together. Well, Plenty sneaks back into the room to get her stuff. That's where she finds out she finds Tiffany's address or something and is jealous and is going to go like get her cause some trouble and that's why she's out at tiffany's house so there you go you know <laughs> who would have known who would have known that alan and i had the good pleasure to spend some time with miss lana wood last year oh well i have too yeah I've, I've, yeah I've she's a lovely couple. lady yes yeah she's very nice very and, nice yeah. and trina parks was there as well who played thumper yeah, yeah. i've had dinner with her as well we've all yeah. had this shared experience yeah, yes. yeah well there you go and i've, I've met bruce glover as well he's a, he's yeah, a character you win <laughs> okay. Why not mention it? Yeah, I would like to uh, meet Jill St. John. I mean, oh yeah, uh, she's yeah. I think she's she was one of my favorite Bond girls there for a while. <laughs> All right, so, this leads me to a question about the track we're about to do. Plenty, and then Tiffany. Do you think we're going to get any of that sexy saxophone that he likes to give us? I don't know. I you know I don't think so. But <sighs> let's hear it. Let's hear it and find let's, out. Yeah, let's find out together. <laughs> Nice stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a trumpet there, not a sax. So, <laughs> so close. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was a sexy trumpet. Yeah. 
All right. Still, still brassy and sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Next couple of cuts are very Bondian and very cool. This next track is called Following the Diamonds. And so this is where the diamonds are inside that stuffed animal. It's being, you know, taken places and Tiffany's following it around. We're about to go to the place where they have the moon buggy, the Willard White Laboratories or whatever it is, where, Mr. where Professor Metz is, you know. So, yeah, this is cool. Let's listen to Following the Diamonds.
makes you feel like, you know, something's going to happen. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's suspenseful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. This next piece is one of my favorites. Moon Buggy Ride. This actually underwent a few changes for the final film. Barry made it, you know, kind of a serious action film underscore. And Guy Hamilton apparently wanted it to be a little more humorous because, you know, we're, we're seeing Bond in a moon buggy. And then, you know, there's those motorcycles with the big tires. I don't mm -hmm. know what you call them. Balloon tires or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right. He wanted the music to be sillier. And John Barry resisted that. He said no. He said that the imagery was silly enough and that the music should be more dramatic to be a counterpoint to it so that it would still be suspenseful and exciting. Mm -hmm. But they had to do a compromise, apparently. And in the final film, we hear the track that was actually heard on the, the original LP. But on the remastered CD, it's the expanded version that Barry wanted originally. So it starts off, you know, sounding kind of serious. And then it goes into that little piece with the with the xylophone mm. uh, strings and the xylophone bits that you hear a minute or so into this piece. That the parts that go so in the movie that's what it starts with, and I guess Hamilton thought that was funny. I mean, I don't think it's particularly humorous music, but uh, <laughs> that's the way he wanted it to start. So it did in the movie, but the original is what we're going to hear now, and that's called Moon Buggy Ride, the remastered version.
Sounds like Bond got a different kind of moon buggy ride there at the end. <laughs> One of them sexy moon buggy rides. <laughs> All right, for our next piece, uh, we're going to hear some more of this John Barry jazz American music. This was a track on the remastered CD called Additional and Alternate Cues. It's a long track, and it consists of several cues from the movie. We're going to do a little edit from this this track. It doesn't have a title, but I call it Dixieland Jazz because it sounds like Dixieland Jazz. And it's played in... <laughs> It's played in the casino, in, in one of the casino scenes. I think it's late in the movie when I think it's uh, accompanying when Jill St. John is running around the casino at some point. So let's, let's listen to this. This is some terrific stuff.
And that's jazz. It is. It's all that jazz. Uh, no, it's nice stuff. And uh, for someone from Britain, I think he captured, you know, the, the feel of the, you know, a lot of this American music. Uh, okay. Now we're approaching the, the latter part of the movie and the climax. I remember the, the space music that Barry did for the, the space capsule and the rocket ships in You Only Live Twice. Well, he does something very similar here for the laser satellite. It's another space march uh, with strings and eerie vibraphones and stuff. And uh, it really works. It, it just you know evokes that otherworldly feel. So, yeah, it's very Bondian. And uh, this is a piece called 007 and Counting. And Counting. And Counting.
as you said, very reminiscent of Capsule in Space. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I think Barry probably says, well, I need something kind of like Capsule in Space. So I'll just sort of use that and just kind of change the notes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I still like it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I too. Still very evocative, yeah. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. All right, finally, we get the, the here we are at the, the big finale action scene, and we get a reprise of the 007 theme. And I believe this is the penultimate time that this theme is used in a Bond film, Moonraker being the last time we ever hear it. So, yeah, this is the attack on the oil rig, and this is called To Hell with Blofeld.
I want that in the new Bond film so bad. I know, they just don't make it like that anymore. They just don't, you know? I said this before in in other sessions that we've done, but Barry's music underscores every song is melodic. Every song is is a theme that you can actually hum. You can go away whistling the tunes of all the music that Barry puts into these, these these scores. And you hear the scores that are since, you know, the 90s. You know, I don't mean to, I'm not putting down any of the composers. I think they're all doing great work. It's just the, the style is different. The scores mm-hmm. are very, they're not melodic. They're just a lot of action thrill music that just clashes about. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily just confined to the Bond franchise, though. I think I find that with, I mean, as much as I love the Marvel movies, I can hum the theme tune from the theme from any of them. Right. Yep. You're absolutely right. right. Yeah. No, I think that's true as well. It's just where we've come. And I just, you know, is it, has it been like a conscious thing that, you know, the composers of, I mean, you know, you hear John Williams stuff, for example. I mean, he still has a very recognizable theme very often, mm-hmm. but. There hasn't yep. been recently, you know. When's the last time John Be- uh, John Williams did a a piece of music that is, you know, maybe since Jurassic Park? Uh, mm. Has there been something that we all go, oh, I know that? Can you, you think, think about right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're on. You're right. It's a good I, observation. I listened to a John Williams musical score, Pandora Station, and I think the most recent film I can think of with a catchy tune would be Harry Potter with a catchy melody. Yes. Yes, and, and yeah, I you're honestly right. can't remember who wrote that one. So you guys would straighten me out on that if you know, but I can't remember. Well, John Williams wrote Harry Potter. Well, there you go. Yeah, he wrote the first movie, and they used that theme, you know, from then on. I guess he was he did uh, some uh, maybe some more of the movies, but I think they got other composers for the rest of the series. I'm not really. Yeah, that's that's John Williams. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's beautiful stuff. That's the most recent one I can think of. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Yeah. So before we do the bonus track, I I think this is a good segue into what I'm going to say here. The fact that I, you know, have this love for these classic scores and I've done these seven podcasts, no, eight now include Casino Royale. I'm feeling like I don't really have anything more to add to these. I love these scores and that's why I wanted to talk about them. You know, and, I, and I'm not taking away anything from what George Martin or Marvin Hamlish or Bill Conti or anybody else beyond this movie has done. But I think I'm going to step away from doing these Bond 101 podcasts. Uh, I am fairly busy doing my, my own other stuff. I think I'm done. And I apologize to any listeners who were looking forward to more of these. But I do want to do sort of a best of the rest podcast and that might be one or two podcasts more where where i will pick out you know some of my favorite pieces from the remaining films which of of which there are are many so i want to just you know thank the listening audience for the positive uh, feedback that we have gotten for this series and you know jared and alan if you want to continue it you know by all means, go ahead. But I, I would like to do the uh, best of the rest at some point. And uh, that's that's really kind of what I wanted to say. I just want to say that I'm just was thrilled over the moon when you agreed to do this series. I've enjoyed doing this with you. I've enjoyed spending time with you and Alan. I'm looking forward to doing best of the rest. Um, so, well, I'm a little bit 
a little bit sad that we won't be having our monthly meetings. Uh, I'm going to focus on what makes me happy. And I think, I think we've done some good work, especially you, you, you helmed the show, Raymond. And I just appreciate the time we've had together. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's been an absolute honor. We're working with you on these for the past, past eight and looking forward to doing the, the best of the rest, be that one or two more. We will miss doing these with you. I'm not quite sure what we'll do after that. Um, and I'm sure Jared and I will talk about it, but it's been an absolute honor working with you, sir. And uh, really appreciate the fact that you've, you've done this for our little network as well. So. Oh, great. And I guess with that, um, as with ever, we can't sign out without actually seeing what Jared has, wondrous things that Jared has picked up from the depths of the dark web um, in terms of a bonus track. So what have you got for us today, Jared? Well, thank you, Alan. And today's bonus track, as you know, I scour the internet for a remix or an alternate version of a track from today's feature soundtrack. And today I didn't really scour the internet at all. I scoured my music shelf. And to be honest with you, I knew at some point I was going to work in the CD. I, I have the 1997 Shaken and Stirred CD, which is the David Arnold James Bond project. If you're not familiar with it, in 1997, David Arnold basically did some remakes and remixes of classic Bond tunes with different artists, so you can kind of get a new take on the sound. It's a lot of fun. I can't recommend it enough. Again, it's called Shaken and Stirred, the David Arnold James Bond Project. It's from 1997. And the track I selected for today is basically a remake or a remaster of the title song, Diamonds Are Forever. This version is done by David McAlmont. David has a very unique voice. It sounds almost like a bold female voice. If you don't know his work and you listen to it, you might just think, oh, that's it's a bold female. But he's a super talented guy. Covers Billie Holiday music. He covers Shirley Bassey a lot. Let's take a listen to this version from the Shaken and Stirred CD. Bye. 
Dinosaur Forever by David McAlmont, and what did you get? I've never heard, yeah, I've never heard that before. That's nice. Yeah, it definitely has a David Arnold feel to it. But you know what, Alan, what do you got, man? I was actually going to say, for once, this was one I was actually familiar with, because I have heard it several times, because I actually got around to getting the uh, the David Arnold CD um, probably about three months ago, and I pretty much had it on constant rotation in the car ever since. So, uh, yeah, this is one I was actually had heard of, was familiar with, and I do like it. It's actually one of my favorites on the on the CD. There's a lot of good stuff on the CD, but this is actually one of my favorites on there. So this isn't the 97 one. This is a different one? No, this is 97. It's 97 oh, it's one. the 97 one. Okay. Yeah. I only just got around to getting it on CD. I'm slow. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I bought it about a year ago because they were featuring it on the James Bond radio. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, ooh, I must know more. I think that's where I first heard of it was thanks to our friends at James One Radio. And I just realized that I pilfered your, your section on finding out what our favorites were, Alan. So if you want to backtrack to that, by all means, backtrack. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if we were going to do the favorites, I thought we'd just zoom past it. So um, any sort of thoughts on what were your favorite tracks from today, Raymond? Well, I really like Gun Barrel and Manhunt. I think it's really cool. I liked hearing the the electric guitar again on the Bond theme. I really enjoy the Dixieland music. And, you know, the main theme is very nice. It's one of the better themes. There's a lot of good stuff here. I think it's the last really great John Barry Bond score. I do like Moonraker. I do like The Living Daylights. Ooh, me too. Uh, mm-hmm. Very much. But uh, this one's a great one. This one stands alongside you know, the ones from the 60s. And Jared, do you have a favorite track today? I do have a favorite track today. And I kind of surprised myself. I really, when we went through these, I found myself just kind of hopping and bopping to Airport Source, man. (laughs) I just dug Airport Source. I thought it was great. You have a thing about dead bodies and... (laughs) Diamonds at the elementary canals, do you? Let's, you know, we don't have to go too deep into the whys and wherefores. <laughs> I just like that tune, man. Don't judge me. The obvious choice for me would probably be to Hell with Blofeld because it has the, the 007 theme in it, which I've said before is awesome. It's my absolute favorite Bond cue. But I will say from this one, just for personal reasons, Bond to Holland and the use of the Bond theme in that, because like I said earlier, it just brings back great memories of my uncle. So that's just a personal favorite. So I love that, man. I think that's awesome. All right, which I think brings us to the end of this episode of Raymond Benson's Bond Music 101. If you've got any questions or a comment, you can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or comment on Twitter at ohmspod. And don't forget to subscribe 
to the Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast Network on your favorite podcast platform. And if you can leave a rating or a review too, that would be great. If you'd like to chat with us personally on social media, I can be found at Bond Lexicon for the Bond stuff or just general stuff at Alan J. Porter. And if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area the weekend of September 20th, 21st, I will be at FENCON. So, and the weekend after in September 28th, I will be at the Pflugerville Library Con here in uh, just outside Austin, Texas. So, Raymond, where can we find you? Oh, well, I've got a lot of stuff coming up. Mainly the book launch of my next novel, Blues in the Dark, uh, will be October 26th. Uh, in the Chicago area at the Centuries and Sleuths Bookstore in Forest Park. That's at 2 o'clock on October 26th. Uh, there's some other appearances here and there. There's always the Dan and Raymond Movie Club uh, that I do with film critic Dan Geyer. In fact, I'm doing one tomorrow night uh, on heist movies. Um, so if you go to uh, RaymondBenson.com and look at the appearances page, you'll see all of my solo appearances as well as the Dan and Raymond Movie Club appearances. And I I have a Facebook page and a personal Facebook page and everybody's welcome to friend me and whatever. And I'm on Twitter as well at Raymond Benson. And Jared, where can we find you? You can find me at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. They're all Yard Sale Artists. Weekend of the 27th, I will be in just north of Atlanta in Alpharetta, Georgia for Monsterama. <laughs> True story. Monsterama. 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 Yeah. That's a con uh, sort of a horror-themed convention. Last year, I got to meet, um, oh, Pellucci. What's her first name? Luciana? Yes. She yeah, was there last her. year. Yeah. And this year, Trina Parks from this very movie, Diamonds Are Forever, is going to be there. So anyway, find me at Monsterama. And the weekend after that, I'll be at Fanaticon in Dothan, Alabama, which is just as big as it sounds. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I didn't awesome. even know there was a pool down there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, it is actually a good. It is a good show, and I like doing it. But yep, it's down in in Dothan, Alabama. Fan stuff. All right, and as as always, as we sign out, we will pass the baton to our White Rocket founder uh, and OHMS Pod co-host Van Allen Plexico to thank our generous patrons to support all the White Rocket network endeavors. As always, we have to pause here to thank our patrons, the folks who go beyond the call of duty of MI6 and On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast to help us bring you all these programs. You get the Bond Review Shows by Alan and me. You get Jared and his crew with the Rookie Agent Show. You get the Raymond Benson Music Reviews for the entire series and so much more. And that's just on this particular channel of our network. We also do many other programs, including the White Rocket Podcast, and Alan and I do Open Wheel, covering Formula One and IndyCar racing. And all those shows exist because of the great support of patrons like Brendan O'Dwyer, Samuel Salvatore, Christopher Burleson, and Carl Von Drunker, Trevor Johnson, Phil Amthor, Winston Boddy, Willie Carden, Susan Trawick, Ben Spooner, Stephen Thompson, Chris Usher, Justin Bean, Steve Trawick, and Richard Stevens, Ross, Kevin Smith, Clarence Alford, David Hegler, Robert Mendenhall, Johnny Caldwell, Reynolds Wolf, Valiant Hermes, Jacob and Robin Fleming, Clay Henson, Ann Kangian, Catherine England, George Gaston, Will Summerford, John McCune, Tom Anderson, David Evers, Andrew Barber, Timothy, Steve Harlan, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Rich Reimer, Jared Albrick, William Glenn Matthews, Joel Beckham, Spanky, Theodore Gary, Shannon Butson, Taylor Sanford, Mickey B, Hugh Anderson, Shane Bailey, Mick Vigicana, Chris Thrash, Logan Chilton, Tony Perry, Alex Nguyen, Josh Teal, David Simpson, Earl Ricks, Mike Finley, C.T. Wayne, Dave Powell, 
David Smiley, Jeremy Minton, Lane Middleton, Donnie Reynolds, Wade Carson, Ivor Evans, John Zavachin, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, Chris, Wardam Wade, Jason Albrick, Randall Walker, Ben Amos, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, Patrick Williams, Rob Morgan, Stephen Schuster, James Taylor, John Stubbs, Kenneth Brent Rains, Nicholas Craig, Russell Milling, Matthew Wagstaff, Joey Miller, Mark Squire, Brent Rumble, J.W. Rice, Michael Morton, Lawrence Kane, our one-time donors, including Surfer Jickify, and our anonymous donors, we thank you all. If you want to join their ranks and help this show and others on our network to keep going, just go to www.patreon.com and look up Van Allen Plexico or White Rocket, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can join the team and continue to help bringing shows like this to the air. And we thank you very much. Thank you, Van Plexico. And speaking of that, if you want to go episode by episode with more Raymond Benson music, if you can raise $50,000 per episode, we can get Raymond back. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I'm not, I'm not extorting these guys. <laughs> we almost had it, Alan. We almost had it. Almost. Although, although that does almost sound worked. tempting. That does sound tempting. <laughs> Well, you know, again, I really want to thank, you know, all the listeners and the good feedback that we've gotten. I just I just don't have time for this anymore. That's really the main thing. But I've really enjoyed doing this. And uh, Alan and Jared are great guys. So is John Barry and Monty Norman, all the gang that we talk yeah. about. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be back for some bonus uh, shows here and there. Uh, that sounds great. Looking forward to doing it. And like I said, I'm, I've enjoyed the time spent with you. Okay. All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this. And we will be back at a later date with the best of the rest episodes. So stay tuned and don't be late to class. As always, we highly encourage you to legally purchase or legally download the music you heard on today's show. Please support the James Bond creative community. So I guess what we need first is an update. How is the uh, Silverhands novel coming? What chapter are you on? Big no still, I guess. <laughs> Delvin's going to be very disappointed that you haven't made any progress on the Silver Hands novel. I was going to say, I put something in the script which you clearly have not looked at. Oh, um, I, I did, but I, where is it? I didn't see it. Toward, towards the end, after the, oh, uh, oh, after okay. the bonus track. Yeah, you're right. I didn't scroll that far down. Yeah, see. All that work I put in, and you just ignore it. I just mean, like scroll, my... Scrolling is hard. <laughs> <laughs> right where you put it. It's almost like you put some forethought. <laughs> no. <laughs> Somebody has to, dang it. Shall I do a countdown? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll do one for you. Here we go. We'll go. Ten seconds and counting. And counting. Counting. <laughs> On our other podcast, we refer to that, that recurring character as Countdown Jerry. That's his, that's his <laughs> countdown Jerry shows up in quite a few James Bond films. Countdown Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a trumpet. Ah, you are correct. Trumpet for a strumpet. <laughs> <laughs>
What's the name of the new book again, Raymond? Blues in the Dark. Blues in the Dark. And the next and one after that, Silver Hands. Who knows? <laughs> I'm ready. All set. Alan? All set. Yep. All right. All set. Then we will go. God, that was almost professional. <laughs> like For like 20 seconds there, we were like, we had it together. 